0: Oh the summer time is coming. The leaves are sweetly blooming and the wild mountain time. And if you hear the old recordings though, it's like Oh the summer time is coming and the leaves are sweetly blooming. I remember the and song. the wild mountain thyme grows around the blooming heather. Willy he gold. But well, we did a big band version. Oh the summertime is coming. And the leaves are sweetly blooming. Hello
1: and welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and in this episode, I am with Stuart Duncan Basto, more commonly known as Johnny, of the Johnny Favourite Swing Orchestra. I was introduced to Johnny while in San Miguel and, as a result, could not pass up the opportunity to sit down and have a chat with him at Café Lula over a coffee and talk about his life as a singer and a musician Johnny was born in Newfoundland and claims Scottish, Irish and Norwegian roots. He talks candidly about life as a musician on the road, becoming famous in the 90s, his relationship with alcohol and having travelled the world and been on the road for many, many years. He has now found home in San Miguel and as well as music being a strong part of his life still, Johnny is also involved in a new project venture involving tuk-tuks or tuk-tuks as he calls them. These are Johnny's thoughts on San Miguel, the world and life. So hello everyone, it's a travelling through podcast and today I am in Mexico in Cafe Lula in a town called San Miguel de Allende. And there's suddenly a lot of noise in the background, but we are in a cafe, and I'm here with Johnny. Favorite is his stage name, and also now you're, what you're regularly known as Johnny. Johnny, but your real name is Stuart Duncan Basto. Basto. Yes. Okay.
0: I, to this day, get confused about who am I, <laughs> so... what am I, where am I going.
1: Said my partner, who was here four years ago, came to to San Miguel to write his book and got into the music scene here and met you through that. When you had had your bar, Johnny. uh, What was your bar called? It was called Johnny's. Johnny's.
0: It was for my benefit because I drank a lot. Okay. And just by being called Johnny's, I knew where to go. Oh yeah, Johnny's. Good Johnny. Yes. Hi.
2: Hello there. Hello. How are
1: you? Good, thank you. I'm just. Interviewing Johnny.
0: We're live right now. <laughs>
1: like right now, yes.
0: This is Luis. Hello,
1: Hi. Luis. Nice to meet you. Is this is your cafe?
2: Uh, no, I'm the manager.
1: You're the manager. Yes. And yeah, it's yeah. A beautiful you
0: can't place. tell, but he's super <laughs> handsome.
1: <laughs> you look at even with your mask on. Well,
0: even with the mask. Much. You can tell by the <laughs> eyes. The eyes now, so yeah, just yes. by the eyes. The just confidence the, in the eyes. Yeah. But I like the mask, it levels eyes. the playing field for the rest of us.
2: Yeah, that's, that's why we are masks, yeah. it's not going to be too much.
0: It's too yeah. much, everyone yeah. gives you shit for free.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I hear, as of, as of today, that in, in Mexico they've said you don't need to wear masks. And
0: are they pump the brakes? Well, I tell you, they've done a marvelous job in this country, because in some places where, you know, if an expert suggests, hey everybody, you should probably do this for the sake of safety, then there are people who think that research is just googling shit,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they, you know, you just, oh, no, that's not true. But Mexico has been really, really good, and even with limited resources, like this country has. Uh, San Miguel, you weren't here for it, but we had gateways going into the Hardine that sprayed grapefruit seed oil. Am we had goodness. to walk through this mister. Yes. Yeah. And very strict mask policy, and yeah. Uh, must have
1: been quite an intense time for, your, for for living here, or was it not? Were you able to?
0: Well, it definitely, uh, it was definitely went from Technicolor to black and white, yeah. which has its charm.
1: And as a result, um, your bar, along with many bars in this town, must have suffered. No, a lot. I, I skipped that. You skipped that.
0: Yeah, I quit drinking and closed the bar.
1: Well done. Could I got easy. out where the
0: going's yeah. good, yeah. But yeah, a lot of places did suffer, but people got very inventive and started delivering. And, you know, it was a blip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A very long blip. Yes. Across everybody the world. survived.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's, it, it really uh, showed the tenacity of many people and, and being able to adapt. Yeah. to the situation and some who were in who whose business just wasn't viable to adapt it and so you either sunk or swum and it's very difficult well, to swim in a time when no one was going out and about
0: it might be a game scared. changer for the world because mm. how many people are working from home now and prefer it that way yeah
2: yeah i know exactly which and all those
0: little things like people not commuting anymore who knows what the carbon effect is of that many millions of vehicles no longer going on the road for two hours a day. What it, yeah. you know, it's, it's all, it's impossible to have the metrics and know exactly what it did. But I don't know, maybe, maybe we needed a little breather.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly made a lot of people think, more consciously about the environment and, and well, like, I'm
0: thinking that the, how to get around the like. dolphins, nature. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure they enjoyed a little break from us.
1: Definitely, I think they enjoyed a huge break from you us.
0: know humanity. Not a big fan. <laughs> you know, individuals I find all the time that I just think are delightful, but collectively, I just I'm like, really, guys, okay. really
1: they suddenly have no responsibility for, for their actions as a group. As individuals, everybody wants to act in a responsible way, but unfortunately, when people get into larger groups, that kind of goes out of the window. Yeah. Anyway, we're sort of sidetracking here. So you so you're, you closed your business, gave up drinking, but you've continued singing Yes. and, and changed your your approach or focus to, to music and singing and just enjoying it without having a, a business to worry about as
2: well?
0: Well the relationship has definitely changed because it was my job for decades mm. and in the early days it was making albums and videos and going on radio and television and that very competitive world of, of recording music.
1: Mm. So if we take we take you right back to the to, to the start of all of this, you were born in Newfoundland. 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 I beg your pardon. It, yes. No, it's just
0: the way you pronounce it, it's like New Orleans, <laughs> and New Orleans. <laughs> it's just Newfoundland.
1: Newfoundland. Newfoundland
0: you okay. got to remember, you take an island where all the people there are from Scotland and okay. Ireland, and you got people over there from England, Wales, some Norwegians, and you put them on an island for hundreds of years. You're inevitably going to get some syntax and dialects. Yeah. And it was so expensive to fly and leave Newfoundland that, for example, when I was a kid, rich kids would come to school with peanut butter sandwiches and the poor kids had lobster again.
1: Lobster again, but probably the healthier option. Of course. But
0: it's like paella and other dishes from around the world that have made it in the mainstream. We used to eat poor people's food. People used to hide their lobster shells in the garbage so the neighbors didn't see they were eating poor people's food. Really. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it's a weird problem to have.
1: So I, um, I visited Halifax many, few, quite a few years ago now and loved it, and mainly because of my Scottish roots as well uh, coming across. In New Scotland, it how
0: can you go wrong?
1: Well, yes. So have you got Scottish roots?
0: My middle name is Duncan, and you're so handsome. Hello. My middle name is Duncan and my grandmother was a Campbell.
1: Okay. A nice, and, good, and um, I wear mix.
0: kilts here in Mexico.
1: Do you, that must be extremely hard.
0: But why does everybody? Here's the problem. I live in Mexico, yeah. but I dress like it's Canadian September. Okay. I'm partial to flannel shirts and boots and rolled-up jeans and leather jackets and woolen uh, woolen uh, peak caps. I don't know why. So today, it's funny you mentioned this. I am on a mission later today. To get a pair of shorts and a short-sleeve shirt, okay. Because I am so tired of people saying, "Aren't you hot?"
1: But do you do you feel the heat? No. Brilliant. No. Well, then carry on wearing what you are wearing. I
0: did nine Although years. Although you on. are wearing shorts and a shirt. Well, Mum, waited went to the gym.
1: you just oh, you saw still gym kit. Okay, yeah. all right.
0: Because everyone's always like, "Aren't you hot?" And they the killed. Is you never have a bad day in a kilt.
1: Well, you know, if it's made from wool, as the as the old saying goes, in in summer cool, no, in winter in winter warm and summer cool, there is no substitute for wool. So that's why.
0: You're you're like a mage. <laughs> that was that was brilliant. You're like a Yoda.
1: <laughs> so that's probably why you're wearing because you're wearing the good stuff.
0: The thing about a kilt. Walking around in Mexico, there's nobody expects to see you wearing a kilt.
1: that's true. And nobody no. calls
0: me on the, the tartans I wear. I wear Wait, Royal, so which you wear? Royal Stewart, okay. Black Watch, mm-hmm. Scottish National, Dress MacRae. i was thinking about getting a kilt that was just skull and crossbones.
1: Is there such a thing? I don't know. Yeah, but you'll make one. It's up, the internet. It?
0: You just you can find anything. I'm sure there's <laughs> a happy face kilt.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yes, there's an English kilt.
0: You know, there's an English kilt. Because you know what it is? It's my guilty pleasure.
1: It's your guilty pleasure.
0: Because some like it's Scott.
1: <laughs> so, okay, we've got, we've got your Scottish roots established um, as a Duncan. Campbell. And a Campbell, okay. Yeah. I'm you know,
0: Irish, Scottish, Norwegian.
1: My goodness, we're adding to the, uh, the dimension here, which oh, is great. I'm just great. a Irish, very,
0: very white Scottish. guy. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> so the, white guy.
1: The, the, um, the Irish part of you? Where's the Scottish part of you from in Scotland?
0: You know, that's a good question. Highlands.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, someone did family gene- genealogy. I'd, I'd like to think, you know, there's, there's an old broken down castle somewhere that I might be like third in line to be the laird of, you know, County Dunoon or something. I don't know. But
1: you're waiting, that. just in case that letter arrives. Yeah, if doorstep. I
0: ever get it, because my favorite show that I'm going to watch again and again and again, this Christmas, I watched A Castle for Christmas. It's I've
1: a, never watched it's it. It's got
0: Brooke Shields in it and the blonde guy from Princess Bride. Okay. And it's as silly and as horrible as it sounds.
1: Okay. She's right. a
0: book writer. She goes to Scotland to get away from it all, meets a duke in a rundown castle. They fall in love. The gameskeeper wears kilts every day and it's a castle for Christmas. I watched it ten times okay. this Christmas. I'm a little crazy for Christmas.
1: <laughs> What's Christmas like in, in San Miguel
2: then?
0: It it's I, magic. Is it? You know,
2: Excuse me, I'm sorry. It's we do that's these... That's okay. do get his microphone locked. That's the sound
0: of me being hugged by one of the most handsome men you've ever seen. Long flowing manes. <laughs> he's like a, He's like a young Johnny Depp without I'm the legal woes. You. What's your
2: name? Emma. Emma, great. Yeah. No problem.
0: I'll see you soon, brother.
1: So no doubt, being a, a Catholic country,
0: well, here's it the is
1: thing, very,
0: very Christmassy. Yeah. So you've got processions, and they do um, they do all the little neighborhoods where they come and knock on your door. Mm-hmm. And you open it, and it's a donkey. And it's Jesus and Mary, and they're asking for succor. Are you OK? Yeah, but you're supposed to say no. And they're in a procession. All the way to the church and the posadas parties. I mean, it's just so beautiful. And in the jardín, they erected I think it's a 30 foot tall Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and there's a choo-choo train around it, and the big cabana in the middle, the sort of bandstand at the park, yes, is a live nativity scene.
2: Oh, fun. With For donkeys, and children, sheep. and adults. Yes.
0: It's sheer Christmas oh, magic.
2: Wow. Okay.
0: And there's lights everywhere. But the thing that I love about Mexico is they actually celebrate the 12 days.
2: Do they? Where the so 6th fun. of
0: January is the yeah. All Kings Day.
2: Yeah.
0: And I came, it was only a few months ago, walking home from the gym, and the jardim was full of thousands of children, and they had the three kings giving presents out. And then I walked through the Hardine and this entire street of San Francisco was just... A table that was probably a kilometer long uh, set up by the government and it was a special bread mm-hmm. and all the citizens were coming and getting the bread because okay. in my house i mean christmas was so magical and it would just go by so fast and january 2nd the tree would be down And like when i'm an adult the is staying up forever <laughs> it's never coming down and then here it's actually the 7th of january right up until then yeah because I like to say Merry Christmas as much as I can, as long as I can.
1: Yeah, I think that's really great. The, the whole The whole idea of the twelve days of Christmas. Most people don't even know when the twelve days of Christmas start. They think it's the twelve days before Christmas Day. A lot of people. Right. But of course, it's not. It's and from in this Christmas day and Christmas age day, when it? they start playing
0: Christmas music in August.
1: Yeah, exactly. It could it's get
0: all... eh, where does Christmas start? I don't know.
1: Yeah, and and I imagine here it's more about um, community.
0: And the giving
1: between a community rather than a commercialized. You've
0: been to the Hardin where the. It's beautiful. Yeah. So what happens is uh, you see the toy sellers walking around with the sticks and they've got the balloons and those big giant inflatable crayons that the kids bounce. When you come here, you actually see children engaging with everything that's around them. I never, ever see kids sitting there with the phone looking at it.
2: Yeah.
0: American kids come here and you see them looking at their phones and doing all that stuff. But when you come here, that same kid a few days later, uh, they're actually interacting with their environment.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, Which is I
0: don't similar. know. it should be. It's just know. different here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. more unplugged, more family, more family focused.
1: Okay. So going back to um, Scotland, so we have Scotland. And then you have the Irish side. So where's your Irish side
0: from? Oh, the O'Hanlands. Uh, from Armagh. Armagh.
1: Noor-
0: Northern. Northern, Northern. Northern Ireland. Okay. Northern Ireland. Not this not sort of little, sort of southern one, ma. Now the thing is, if you go to Newfoundland, what I'm doing right now is not Irish. It's a Newfoundland accent, which was right really thick. My mother and father had to give me elocution lessons and I was 13, so I kept getting fights off the mainland, ma always punching boys in the face left and right, flipping them like a nickel. I <laughs> always say, like, boy, oh, Jesus, will you stop making fun of my mouth speech? Yeah. So after that, I mean, I don't care if it's Australian or it's pretty easy to do any English accent. Yeah. <laughs> and I pretended to be Australian to be more interesting when we moved around a lot as a kid. Yeah. I think it was Ottawa, and I had two weeks where I was super popular, because everyone thought I was Australian. And I forgot my lunch, and my mum brought it to school one day, Walked into the classroom, and the teacher, was like, Oh, kids, look, it's it's Stuart's mother from Australia. And She's like, What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, good mom. Thanks a lot for the lunch. I really reckon uh, I left it probably at the can. Thanks a lot. Just give it, leave it here. I had an old backstory. I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12. I said, yeah. like, I'm from Wagga Wagga. <laughs> yeah, it's great being here in Canada. I'm not looking forward to seeing snow.
1: So, So basically from a very early age, you you were a performer and you liked to mimic accents and you liked to... Did you like to sing then?
0: Yeah.
2: Or did singing come later?
0: See, my first stage basically was in Britain Memorial where Mrs. Baker in kindergarten dragged my desk out to the middle of the classroom, 10 feet away from all the other children. So that horrific desk with papers falling out of it just so I couldn't misbehave. That was kind of my first stage. Mm. I didn't do well in school. No. Especially Brit Memorial, where we still had corporal punishment.
1: Okay, not a nice time then.
0: I had a great time.
1: Yeah, Be- had a great time being...
0: Bucking the system. Bucking
1: the system well, and-, and just learning what you wanted to do. Was there anything that you enjoyed learning
0: Subconsciously, cool? what I did. what I did, Without realizing I was doing it, I never bucked the system. I just never went into it.
2: Yeah. Okay. I
0: just ignored the system. Mm. Does that make any sense?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You were, you had your your own parallel school life going on mm. <laughs> alongside the system. So.
0: And I don't even like I was not a good student. I mean, eventually, I don't even think I graduated. Just the teachers felt it was time for me to move along. I mean, I was twenty-three.
1: <laughs> you went to school at twenty-three.
0: Great,
2: uh, <laughs>
1: Okay, so you move from you moved from Newfoundland to Newfoundland to Ottawa at one point.
0: Oh yeah, like. Did you move around like a lot then? Nine times.
1: My goodness, yeah. that's that's uh, that's called instability, or also excitement and adventure. Well,
0: so you hit the ground running, and you're like, okay, yeah. I better make some friends, and you get your bike off the moving truck, yeah. and you ride round, find a park. And you drop your bike in the dirt and you're like, hey, you guys want to be my friend? You know, so that's how you a, kids.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So, so from that, moving around was, has never been an issue for you because it's been your life, really. I lived it? out
0: of a backpack, which turned into a suitcase, but I, I never stopped traveling since 1988, okay. where there was always a suitcase or a backpack sort of with stuff in it and I could be ready to go at any time. Like putting down roots. And... It wasn't until I moved to San Miguel where I had a dog. I met him in the jardin. I gave him a hot dog nine years ago. Oh. And, um, yeah, pictures in frames, buying things, because I'm very minimalist. So I'm like, man, getting towels, buying bed sheets. that's, that's really adult in it feels like a big commitment.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. very different also, because everything, you're on, if you're on the move all the time, it's just,
0: well, as Paul everything Young that you said, have
1: is on your back.
0: Wherever I lay my hat.
1: It's my home. By
0: the look in your eye, I can tell you're gonna cry.
1: So the music that you've seen, at what point did you s- start playing? Did you put, did you play instruments as well as a oh, yes. age Or is it always a singing side?
0: Well, always a singing side, but you know, I, I play some incredible instrumentation. I don't know if you've ever heard certain albums where I was uh, featured as... I played a triangle on one album. Mm-hmm. I did hand claps on another. Uh, While you were singing? Yes.
1: <laughs> so it was just the sideline?
0: Yeah. The side you know, Some people will say, like, Johnny's, Johnny's a musical genius. Uh, I saw him with Paul Weller. The style council. Yeah. And uh, Johnny was only dancing, but you could tell by his dancing, he was really inspiring a lot of the musicians. Yeah. <laughs> so, He's mustard.
1: <laughs> so you were, the the singing side um, just developed in in Canada because you were part of a, a jazz. Part of a very Sw- successful swing orchestra. Swing. Okay.
0: Yeah, well it all started really, I guess I did three or four, and my grandparents had an old hi-fi yeah. album player with all the albums inside, and it was all like Duke Ellington, Frank Sinatra. Okay, yeah, all the, all
1: the classics there.
0: Yes, and so when you've got that in your head, and you love that music so, so much, and you go to school, and you start talking about music with the other kids, you realize you're not all on the same page. Mm. So I'm sorry, but if if you love Frank Sinatra when you're three, and then a few years later, your friend puts on a Led Zeppelin album, you're prone to be like, what the?
2: (laughs) Where does that come from? What
0: satanic clown ritual did that climb out of? Jesus, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, okay. So
0: I used to pretend to like that music because I found out the hard way, the children are very accepting of different. Yes. Yeah. If
1: you stand yeah. your ground in being different.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to stand my ground. I was, uh, you know, the you path of least resistance. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend to like that Rolling Bones band. Rolling stone, Stewart. what are you talking about? Like, oh, yeah. But then, I think I was like 14 or 15, and I was, it was a snippet. I was sitting in a friend's bedroom and the radio, a song came on. I was like, and he turned it off. He's like, I'm so sick of that song. I'm like, what was that? He Are you kidding? And it, up, it was "China Girl" by David Bowie. Oh yeah. And I ran home, uh, changed, got money, got on the bus, went downtown, and bought the forty-five.
1: Wow.
0: And that
1: was so a game changer. Though. David
0: Bowie was the very first modern wow. artist for me.
1: Well, at least he went for for uh, quality from the start.
0: I know, right? But it ended up, David Bowie had been around for a long time before. Yeah. So when I loved David Bowie, and then I saw about Ziggy Stardust and the other stuff, I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell is this shit? (laughs) It's
2: very different.
0: Yeah. But then, of course, as you get older and you realize the the lexicon and the brilliance uh, of everything he did over decades, you appreciate it as you get older. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so as a result of that, you're... You began singing in Ottawa to start Alifax. with?
0: Well, in Ottawa, Canada? yeah, for a brief time, but everything kicked off, record deal, all that stuff in Halifax.
1: Okay. And the band you were in then, or were you just a solo no. artist at that point? We,
0: we were the Johnny Favourite yeah. Swing Orchestra.
1: Okay. So, where did the the name emerge from, Johnny Favourite, so you, d- you didn't want to be... Stuart favorite,
0: She wanted to be Johnny favorite. I didn't want to be anything. A friend of mine named me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Can I, have I was singing uh, under my grandfather's name, so I, I think it was Harry O'Hanlon in Ottawa. And That's my friend, where the
1: Hanlon comes from. Yeah. I knew there was a Hanlon somewhere.
0: And my friend Johnny Vegas and I were doing a show together, and after the show, someone came up to us and kept calling me Johnny. And Johnny Vegas finally said, wait, wait, He's Harry, I'm Johnny. And this person went, whatever, he's my favorite Johnny. Johnny Vegas said, oh, so he's Johnny Favor. Which ended up being also the name, have you ever seen Angel Heart with Mickey Rourke? No. It's Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro. Okay. And he's a private eye in the 50s who's hired by a guy named Louis Cipher to track down an old pruner who owes him money, named Johnny favorite.
1: Okay. And
0: he ends up going to New Orleans. He's very moody. Oh. Lisa Bonet is in it. Ends up, Louis Cypher is Lucifer. And he's hired this detective. This is a, a spoiler alert, but the movie is 30-something years old.
1: I'll, I'll still watch it. Okay. Anyways, it
0: ends up Mickey Work is looking for himself. <laughs>
1: Okay, and the crooner's
0: name was Johnny Favorite. and he had this this old song of like, a girl, "Love My Dreams, I Love You, Honest I Do." That old twenties Al Jolson kind of croony stuff. It wasn't until like Sinatra, <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong that the the singing styles change. Like if you listen to the old Ink Spots, mm-hmm. everything is very really like, "I don't want to set the world on fire." I just want to stop. And, and that set the stage for like people like Elvis and Chuck Berry. Yes. And the conversation and music changed a lot. Also, Bing Crosby did a lot mm. with changing the okay. like Jack Pepper, Al Jolson.
2: Uh, and then there's,
0: I used to listen to like the more obscure and old, you know, where when they first started recording albums, they couldn't record drums because it would make the needles skip out of the wax. Okay. Yeah.
1: But that notion behind music and listening to so much it helps you to define perhaps who you are by I don't know did, did you copy their styles or did you sing their songs or did you end up writing your own music well, your own
0: everybody, lyrics everybody starts by emulating copy mm, of course you know the Beatles unabashedly would talk about being inspired by Elvis or Little Richard or Chuck Berry mm. everybody here you can't help but be influenced by seeing something on TV. And look at all the stars now, all the mega stars, who grew up watching MTV.
2: Yes,
0: yeah. And also in some way, you always, I I don't care if you're Lady Gaga or Adele. I mean, Adele loved the Spice Girls. And that influenced her, and I think she was always, I saw an interview where she always had to be this one Spice Girl. But even though she went on to create and write gorgeous music, same as Amy Winehouse, who I would suggest was influenced by uh, early jazz like Ella Fitzgerald yes, and yes. Nina Simone, Donna Shore, Donna Washington, Billie Holiday. Everybody starts with a little bit of emulation. I mean, I used to love being in the garage and cornering my sister and singing her uh, Wayne Newton song. and like, Jessica, Jessica, listen to this. I want some red roses for a. that's that sounds like it's good? It's really good. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, and and um, when we were talking the other night, you 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 actually mentioned that you sang with Rosemary Clooney. Did I? Yes.
0: God, I say a lot of things. Well, you know that.
1: Which is really, so, so of that it era was the late, as well. So from my early to...
0: career, it was late 60s. Yeah. It was me, Rosemary Clooney, Leslie Gore. I mean, the list goes on.
1: Have you, have you a favorite um, singer that you sang along with that has uh, stayed this with is gonna, you?
0: This is going to sound weird, but for me it was Donald O'Connor.
1: Okay, I don't know who Donald okay, is.
0: Okay, uh, look the name up. It was a, a thing we did for a video company, I think, and it was a party for Donald O'Connor and Jack Plans.
1: Okay.
0: At, uh, some hotel in Toronto. And Donald O'Connor was in, oh God, was it? Like Guys and Dolls. Donald O'Connor, oh, the yeah, dancer, okay. singer.
1: Yeah, I'm hopeless with names, so I probably do know who he is. Yeah.
0: Um, Michael Bublé. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: Matt Dusk. you got to remember, we did about 300 and 20 shows a year, That's a lot and you of add shows, in free it? alcohol, things are going to be a blur, <laughs> yeah, well I didn't have a home, I didn't have a home, I it was lived wherever
1: in, your hat was,
0: it literally was, I lived in hotels, mm. or buses, or on the floor of a 15 passenger van,
1: did you ever get tired of being on the road and moving then?
0: No. Right. It was, it it was, was a was giant a adventure and I yeah. love hotels.
1: Okay.
0: You know, and especially because we we did rather well in terms of so we weren't uh, sleeping in flea bag hotels or cars, so it was basically, you know, no nice no less style. it had to be a minimum like of a days in or a holiday in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah.
1: And you produced an album in... Four. Four albums, okay. Which are, for the listeners listening in who may not have come across
2: you?
0: Very first, and early obscure one would be The Life Desire. And then I'd say, say the biggest one was Holiday Romance released on Universal Music. Mm-hmm. So lovely, lovely album. And all the songs, it's very positive. Like Postcards in Paris, Holidays in the, Holiday in the Côte d'Azur, Holiday romance, and it was just—it um, was produced by Nick Kane from the Mavericks, <laughs> who at the time had just released or were working on *Trampoline*. Okay. And they were like the biggest band in the UK for a while. Right. Oh, uh, okay. They played Royal Albert, Royal Albert Hall. You, you remember the Mavericks?
1: I don't remember the. Here Mavericks,
0: comes my happiness again. Doom boom, boom. boom. Okay. <laughs> you know what, we were, we were
1: not allowed to listen, to it ridiculously, when we were young, we my sister and I weren't allowed to listen to pop music, but we did, underneath Radio Caroline, which was this, you know, under the covers, but we never knew who anybody was, we just used to You were listen so as a to result, pop music. I, I, yeah, my mum was into, into
0: Lanza. classical music. So Mario Lanza was okay, but not uh, Matt Monroe. Uh, her,
1: uh, Herb Albert and all that stuff. It's hey. oh, lovely. And yeah, sure. Of, you know, but, you know, I've, I've, I've progressed from it. But it means that I have this whole part of my life where I know songs, but I have no idea who the who who wrote it, who sung it, and what they look like. And
0: where you grew up, that's a shame. <laughs> it is. But it's great
1: now because I'm learning it all now. And going, oh, everything
0: please. for me was... Uh, I used to watch the old great whistle test.
1: But I think, you know what it also meant is that... that um, I was never conditioned to just listen to one person. It was the it was all about the music. It wasn't about who it was or who wrote the lyrics or anything. So I, I went I came in at a very level playing field when I listened to music. So you weren't result, biased. No, not at all.
0: So you could be like, you could find out for yourself that oh, this Frankie Goes to Hollywood might be trash, but this other band, they're rather good. What are they called again?
1: <laughs> and then yeah. I'd find I I. Yeah, obviously, it was only when I was really young. Once I got older, it was, I got into it. As a, yeah. But ah. anyway, going, going back to the, the, um, the whistle first.
0: Oh, just, I mean, you, you had, and I don't care what, what year it was. I mean, it was, it was, it's so amazing to, especially now with YouTube, you can look up anything. But it was exactly. so magical at the time where bands you'd never heard of, you know' was on there for the first time, so could it something as silly as the specials or madness
2: mm-hmm.
0: or the jams yeah. or really young David Bowie, you know sitting at a piano in an outfit you can tell he kind of put together and so did himself and you know just trying to be different, yeah and not get beaten up on the way to the studio. <laughs> Wake up, you sleepy head, phones and coffee. So yeah. as a
1: result with your while you while you sang were you wearing a kilt? Or is the, the kilt is kilt part you of your, just your personal life or is it yeah, your...
0: no, I I wore a kilt uh, singing here a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. There's pictures actually. I'll show you one right now. Oh
2: gosh. Well, I I'm, wore my I'm kilt? I'm myself. Had nothing to do with the music. <laughs>
0: so I just t- I just wore the kilt. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who doesn't like it.
1: We we got as far as your second your second album, so you have two more albums to tell the podcast listeners about. Okay,
0: and then there was two thousand an album called Tonight, Mm -hmm. and that was my first solo album. I wrote a lot of it and made a music video in Jamaica, and one of the singles was remixed by the Boom Tang Boys. It was this like summer smash, you know, really fat bass. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, it was my song, it was like, <laughs> and but the album didn't sell. And the guys at the record label were like, "I thought it was, uh, you know, it was all over the radio. I beat out Pearl Jam. This, uh, you phoned in and voted, mm-hmm. and I beat Pearl Jam. Mm. I'm like, oh my God, this could be the biggest album I've ever done. Uh, I was already thinking, you know, I'll, I'll probably get a small place in the south of France. And then it ended up." The album wasn't being bought, and I didn't know what to do. They, they canceled the West Coast tour, they canceled an East Coast tour, so I got private support for that.
1: And you're talking, when you say West Coast, East Coast, you're talking America rather than Canada? Or are you talking...
0: Canada to start. Mm-hmm. But here's what happened. It ended up, at the end of the day, years later, I found out it was Napster. It was the first time...
2: Oh, uh, yes. we, we
0: didn't know what the hell that yeah, was. People could download it. Yes. Yeah, and the only guys at the record label that knew this were the younger guys. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? So all the, the president and the head of a&- everyone's like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And
0: the younger guys who wow. are now presidents and vice president, they were like, I think it's being downloaded. Yeah. But everyone's like, it's like the idiots that once said, this internet thing's a fad. People will people get sick of this. Mark my words, just like the people in the 50s, like, this rock and roll's gotta go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this old rock and roll is silly, folks.
1: So what made you do a solo album? Is it just something that you wanted to do or were you asked to do it?
0: Well, no, it's, it's a long story that we, the orchestra, we played a show New Year's Eve 2000 in St. John, New Brunswick, and then just like the commitments I'm well, not just like The Commitments, you know, the Irish Alan Parker movie. We broke up on New Year's Day 2000. So, solo album. And then I, here's the thing. I really liked the show, but I hated the business.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't have particularly thick skin. So I just, you know, I took off. I went to Singapore. And from there, I got my first contract for a cruise ship and finished that contract, and my mother, my aunt, and my sister came over to Portugal, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and we all started new lives,
2: Okay. and my
0: aunt passed away last year, but she had a health food store in Praia de Luz, Portugal, Harmony Earth, Mary Hanlon, people would drive from Spain to go to her store, almost 20 years she had it, and my mother was there for 9 years, and my sister got married there. She's back in Canada, has two kids, but, yeah, it was amazing. And from there, I just go and do contracts for ships and hotels.
2: Yes, a and great place unplugged. to Unplugged. Yeah.
0: And then the Madem Festival, I think it was 2009, Madem Festival in France. Mm-hmm. My old A&R guy from Universal started his own label, Brian Heatherman. And uh, he launched his own label, and he's got some fantastic acts. Like, and he works with Garth, Garth Hudson from the band, and just a beautiful guy and he met me in Lisbon, and he was like, come on, let's make a comeback album. Actually, I think I talked him into it. <laughs> so I came back in 2010, I made a beautiful album called Troubadour, mm-hmm. which did very well. I'm just trying to find this picture for you.
1: Uh, of the kilt.
0: Damn right.
1: <laughs> so you're on Facebook as Johnny Favourite?
0: Mm-hmm. with a U.
1: Of course. It's
0: very important. Yes,
1: of course. Well, I mean, it's just natural I would put a U in it, but um, for our American listeners, they wouldn't even consider putting a U in it. How, it about, how about Canadian? Do you, do you use the U in Canada?
0: Yes, we do. But <laughs> well, we spell Tire. Sets you apart. T-I-R-E. Do you? Yes, it's, it's very confusing.
1: Yes, it is. We're
0: caught between two words. Two worlds, I tell you. <laughs>
2: it's like... Tom
0: between going to Marks and Spencers and Tom between going to Marks and Spencers or Walmart. <laughs> it's a hefty choice. I'm going to find this and I'm going to show it to you. That's me in the black watch.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Actually, very handsome looking. Okay, but... I, but Have you got the knees? I think you might have the knees for the kilt.
0: Well, have you heard the Scottish song? Let me see your fucking knees.
1: Aha, uh-huh. there are the knees, perfect. Yeah. That's in the Royal Stewart.
0: That's Royal Stewart. Yeah. But have you heard the song? It's a great Scottish guy, it's like, I, I want to see your fucking knees. Uh, did did it, who did sang that? I don't know, just look it up, it's hilarious, Scottish guy. <laughs> Let me see your fucking knees, All right, I'll look that one up then, I, I, I don't, don't know one that one,
2: one. I'll have to Okay,
1: third album, Troubadour. Fourth. Fourth album. Yeah. Okay, so third album didn't do so well.
0: How did the fourth album do? Fine, I guess. But well, by the time I came back to do it, all my friends had had TV shows and radio shows. I mean, it just it was a different landscape because okay. I've been gone so long. Yes. So I used to be able to, you know, call somebody. And like my friend Mike Bullard had his own TV show, a talk show, like uh, the Jay Leno of Canada. I just, I could call people and get on TV. You know, within 24 hours. And all my scope and influence, and my friends have just sort of moved on and the world has changed. Yes. Yeah. You can't really go back to something. No,
1: only really move forward.
0: Yeah, like you might have been uh, super happy at a time in your life where you had your hangouts and your friends, but if you went back to that neighborhood now, everybody's gone. They're gone, yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. It's exactly. so like this
0: isn't the same. And also, the Pac Man game yeah. is no longer in that particular little pub.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, as a result of that, did, was that a big game-changer for you as well, to think, I'm going to, now, having done the fourth album, oh. and you realize people have moved on, what, what you were going to do do next?
0: Well, it was a lovely album, but, it, you know, it was, I never had an intention uh, for fame or, or money. I was never motivated by that. It's, it's nice by-products of... So uh, you got to remember, when I say I drank a lot, I drank a lot. Okay. Like it was just a party.
1: Could you give me like a ballpark figure for an evening?
0: Ballpark figure? <laughs> Sister, you don't want to go. There. <laughs> okay. Just
1: are we talking? Are we talking? Also, are we talking beer, wine, or spirits?
0: Oh my God! I figure, you know, I never really drank much till I was well into my twenties. Okay. But yeah, if I had ever drank beer, it would have been when I was a kid,
2: Right. and
0: I never did. I was a rum and coke kind of guy, Okay. but I didn't mind a martini, or a red wine, scotch, Harvey Wallbanger, brandy, cognac. My friend had a bottle of Louis Thirteenth. I never did try, but I didn't really meet liquor that I didn't like. Okay. So all those years on the road, we had a ridiculous rider because we were a 13-piece band. So there was free booze in the dressing room, and then moved to Portugal and do ships and hotels where you go into a crew bar, it's a buck yeah. a drink, yeah. or you get 50% off if you go to the bars on the ship, and what did I do? I moved to Mexico in 2012 and opened a bar. <laughs> so I had a good run, but it was a bit much. I do admit myself, I, I might have went a little over the top.
1: <laughs> okay. but. The thing is you did it and also you went that extra step further by running a bar as well and, and also seeing the other side of that.
0: Well that was the whole point. Yeah. The bar was a music bar and it was open. It became the place where anyone who came to town who was a musician would show up there within 24 hours.
2: Yeah.
1: And I get the feeling a lot of people from all sorts of walks of life, but uh, come to San Miguel day and day. You uh, never know who you're going to bump magnet into. It. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. In a week, and I've met San so Miguel. many people. Yeah.
0: Well, four months ago, I was at the Fabrica Aurora, and I, I'm sitting there having a the coffee, and I'm learning the songs to Leonard Cohen, uh, Bird on the Wire, mm-hmm. and I struck up a conversation with the fella, so I'm like, oh, look over there, that's Malcolm McDowell. So, and then I found out he just moved over here to Guadiana. Oh, there's Malcolm McDowell, but San Miguel's a place where, you know, oh, there's Meryl Street. Like it's, you never know a San Miguel. Yeah. It literally is, it's like living in a bubble.
1: And it's a particularly site. the magnet for Americans and Canadians, well, particularly Americans, because it's so close. It's so easy to get here. But to come from London, it's a bit, bit more of a journey. So San Miguel is very much at a tracks Americans who want to retire in this area, or just want a change of life? 16,000.
0: Yeah. About 16,000 live here. Mm. And Americans, be- Canadians, but there's, you know, there's French, there's Welsh, there's German, there's yes. Swedish. This cat's from yeah. San Francisco.
2: Okay. I think your partner from Oakland.
0: He's from Oakland. Apparently, it's, it's <laughs> Oakland. You stand
1: corrected. Very well, thank you. <laughs> I'm Emma. you do. We're in the middle of doing podcast chat here, so uh, you're oh, now nice. on. You're now on the podcast. Okay. We're live. We're live.
0: Hello, London.
2: <laughs>
0: I like Love Actually. It's a gorgeous booth. I like it a lot. So as a result, it's very very nice.
1: <laughs> so as a result, so why Sammy Gilmour? Allende particularly because Me? I mean, the, you and also just generally, what is the what is the attraction? I, I don't attraction know. I, I was looking it up, it up in, in Portugal, yeah.
0: which is I lived it's in this gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. town.
1: Is it that is it that pool become known for artists and musicians and, and yeah. kind of? I didn't know nothing
0: about it. I just really? kept looking pictures, and they get here, and within a few days, I knew I didn't want to leave.
1: Right, and so you've been. How long have you been here now?
0: It was 10 years on December 5th. A
1: decade. A
0: decade. And in
1: that decade, a lot has changed
0: yeah. for you. Yes. You've had your bar, you've
1: had your music, you've given up a drink.
0: Yeah, I never gave it up. We just amicably parted ways. You just
1: decided, okay. That's yeah. a nice way to put it, actually. I
0: didn't, because uh, I was more of an alcoholist than an alcoholic. What's the I was a, I was a, a bon vivant. I was a l'enfant terrible. Mm. I'd have my drink on my hand or a martini. Because I had nicknames. Was, I was called the Minister of Moonlight. You know. Uh, and Johnny Faber was a raconteur. And he'd you know be drinking, but you know, I always kept my cool, my ties were always. But <laughs> sometime in my 40s. I, would, I was starting for the first time ever my sister used to tell me, you could drink a whole bottle of ramen, I can't tell. And then in my 40s, all of a sudden I would have these like episodes where I'm like a little staggery, little slurry, and mm-hmm. just sort of decline. Okay. You don't want to lose your cool. There's nothing worse than waking up if you've got text messages that you regret sending. Okay. So, so got to that
1: point where… Just
0: got to that point where so you we're want no to keep friends. your pants on. Because it's not that kind of party. Yes. So when you wake up with a boot in the microwave and your dog won't talk to you when you don't know why, time to reassess and (laughs) reevaluate. Say maybe I'm going to change my life. So literally, I quit drinking, started going to the gym, and now I get up in the mornings when I used to go to bed. Okay. I'd be up till 6, 7 in the morning, now I wake up then.
1: But that not that so typical of a, well, like a snooker player, a musician too. It's
2: you, I knew
0: Dave, is it Steve Davis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in my village in Portugal. Was he? He opened a pool hall was thing. I was at the opening party. Yeah. And I was like, hey man, do you want to play pool? I didn't know who he was. It did not work out well for me. Anyways, my whole my point there, for just a second, I, I lost the plot. We were talking about... The drinking.
1: Yes, yeah. and about turning night into day. And I said snoop yeah. players. Yes, uh, play- and my
0: observation was the mornings, like the yeah. days are so much longer now. Yeah. Did you know restaurants have a different menu for mornings?
1: Uh, well, some do, yes. Well, yeah. of course, they yeah, have breakfast. <laughs> I didn't know about this. <laughs>
0: I'm like, oh my god, they've got omelettes. Look at all these things. It was magical for me. Yeah.
1: Uh, but that's good, isn't it? So it's, it's also it's a new adventure in a way, I kind
2: of thing. So it
0: yeah, it's a, brand new, it's a brand new world.
1: And as a result of this brand new world, this, 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 this decade, as we say, the change. And one of the changes is that you, you had your bar, you've sold your bar, and...
0: Didn't and now, sell it, just closed it.
1: You just closed it. How could
0: I sell it in good conscience? You could, I mean, the whole point of the place was me mm. uh, collecting musicians and yeah. creating this because it was I'd have a Cuban salsa band or flamenco dancers and I had a rock and roll band I sang with and the whole thing was just uh, I poured myself into it where five nights a week it was just music and sometimes we played for like six hours wow.
1: okay, so five
0: nights a week I never had a vacation in all the years I've been here and it was a lot Yes. And it, it rubs you, it wears you down.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, there is nothing to sell, really. Yeah. I mean, unless you, you play an instrument. It'd be like opening a restaurant and not being a chef. You need to have a skill that your business, because otherwise, my business, would I worked, if I had to hire someone like me every day, is yeah. so it someone like I or someone like me? Never mind. I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best for you. To sing it with me. <laughs> Don't forget me, I beg. I remember it's Adele. Yeah. Yeah. Are you more of a Kate Bush kind of girl? Yes. So you wanna hug me? Yeah. Yeah. No. Alison Moyet.
1: So now you sing, um, well, I heard you a couple of nights ago.
0: Pretty good, huh? Yeah,
1: it was very good. <laughs> yeah, that
2: guy. Yeah. It's
0: like, is he Bob Stewart? Oh, my God, now he's Bowie. He sounds like Elvis. It's just crazy.
1: Uh, multi-talented. you got the voice. And Drinking you got, helps. <laughs> Drinking helps. For, you got for the listeners.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I didn't. I only had one drink. So. Yeah, I, was, was I kept
0: an eye on you. That's why I was trying to stay in key.
1: <laughs> but has it has it changed... The way you, um, are, are you more conscious of yourself singing that? Absolutely. Okay.
0: Of course. And you have more but it doesn't co- stop you? We train more control oh, yeah. when you're not drinking. <laughs> I used to feel like I needed a drink to go on stage. Okay. Like, uh, we did the Pan Am Games in 99. and It was the Guess Who reunion the night after us and Great Big Sea. It was outdoors, the Pan Am Games, and we had 60,000 people. Mm massive oh. stage with and i was i think i was sewing out of a bucket behind the drum riser but i was loaded because there were all these cuban athletes there and we had cuban rum but you know massive shows but i would always i don't think everyone on stage good
1: could you now I'll, 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 would you I go do. forty thousand? would you go in front oh hell yeah
0: you have you, you just retain more control and for me the opposite of, of addiction is not sobriety i think it's connectivity
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i feel more connected with everything
2: yeah
1: yeah
0: good. And with the audience because i used to yeah. like to keep things surface hide behind jokes you know yeah, yeah. still do so the
1: bar the bar closed and you're now singing in various, uh, in the hotel you sang with a couple of nights ago, Steve. Yeah, I've
0: got, a, I've got a jazz show coming up with my jazz trio. I've got a rock and roll show coming up here with my rock and roll band. I don't care about genres that I enjoy because I was such a purist for a long time. But now I've got a rock and roll band and I'll sing David Bowie, the Pixies, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles. The Violent Femmes, like whatever I like, Roxy music. What you love is a drug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Music's music. Great. If you like it, yeah.
1: We were talking just before we started recording about um, a new venture that you're embarking on here in San Miguel involving.
0: It's the first time in my life.
2: Yeah.
1: An electric tuk-tuk, which is. Where
0: did that idea come from, and can you explain to... Sure, well, if you've ever been to San Miguel, it's completely and utterly magical. It's a tiny little colonial town with gorgeous, magical, cobblestone streets, with absolutely no oversight on who gets to drive here. So we get 600,000 cars coming in from other cities, right Mexico City, city of 22 million people, it's three hours away. San Miguel is kind of like the Hamptons or Mexico City. So what happens is, all these people drive here and they all drive these ridiculous SUVs, which these streets are not made for. No, they're not. Some idiot came here with a Hummer limousine and it got stuck on the little side streets. Crazy, Because yeah. stu- stupidity. Yeah. Yes. So we're putting in a fleet of non-polluting tuk-tuks. They're going to drive on routes.
1: In the UK, we say tuk-tuks. Tuk-tuks. Tuk-tuks, but tuk-tuks are And
0: you just download an app for the day, the week, or the month. And you can just hop on and off all day long. You can buy a month pass, a week pass, that's it. Mm -hmm. You don't call them, you just go to the route and you just jump on and get off whenever you want. Super simple, it's gonna flush out this whole city and help it a great deal.
2: Yes.
1: And
0: livable wages, all the things we're gonna do.
1: So people who currently Um, have a taxi service or uh, you can employ them on the tuk-tuks. We're going to
0: employ them and also they will see the benefits and the upsides as they realize there's uh, lesser traffic. Yes. And if we, by doing this, we're going to encourage people to leave their cars parked when they come here, just like you do when you go to Seville or Barcelona. And they'll notice that these people have left their car parked for the duration of their stay because we do all the core traffic things. So they'd be able to get on a little tuk-tuk and we take yeah. them to their hotel. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time they're here, they're gonna use taxis, the tuk-tuks, or the bus, or an executive car. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So there'll be fewer and fewer cars on the road. Yeah.
2: Because we get,
0: we get slammed. I mean when I first moved here I never saw a traffic jam. Mm. Now we get ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous yes. traffic.
1: Yeah, we were on a, we went on a trip just out of San Miguel the other day with uh a, with a, a taxi driver and he was saying exactly that that there was before there was also the, a very a, a system where you gave way to the next car and, yeah. and now there's so much traffic coming and nobody knows what the rules are anymore yeah. and everything just gets It was we're very not... colloquial. <laughs> yeah.
0: But the thing is, San Miguel's gotten more popular since I've been here. Yeah. Like this is, we're in May now. When I first moved here, April, May, June, there were so many restaurants and bars and businesses that just closed Right. for two or three months.
2: Yeah. And now it's busy <laughs> year-round. All year-round is busy. Mm.
1: Good for San Miguel and good for new business,
2: but, yeah. uh, but also <laughs> it's
1: making sure that San Miguel There's is protected There's downsides. Exactly. So it's a UNESCO, UNESCO
0: World Heritage yes. Site, yeah. and but everyone laments like, oh, it, how it used to be, how it used to be. I mean. There where this place was revolutionized by especially a man named Sterling Dickinson in the 40s. And
2: people started coming here
0: with their GI Bill, because this was a ghost town. So all these gorgeous areas, I mean, this was all farmland, or like ranch land. Was town And it was honestly a ghost town. And the good old days are gone, but these can be the good old days for people in 20 years, it will be like, oh, I remember 2022.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Know, it's I mean, it's bro- going to bro- be progress, like that. I mean, it's progress, it's You're just going to, you, but your ideas and your memories are associated yeah. with a certain time. Of course, it's going to be different because different people yeah. and a different exactly. place and you just either go somewhere else or you come and embrace, embrace the change.
0: <laughs> embrace the change. Hey, do you have a theme song for your podcast? Um. Smother on the dance floor, I can't feel the groove. DJ, gonna burn this goddamn house right down. I know, I know, I know. I'm just guessing.
1: <laughs> no, it's. Um, I do. I do have a tune on it, which is which was a, a, a little starter, which a I
0: jingle. Do, I gotta send you a tune because we were famous for. We would take older songs. Yes. And do them big band style. So there's a version you can hear of Black Dog by Led Zeppelin by mm-hmm. my swing orchestra. One of the songs we recorded was wild, wild Mountain Time. Okay. We want to talk about Scotland. Yes. And we did Evangeline, inspired by the Longfellow poem, but Wild Mountain Time. Oh, the summer time is coming, the leaves are sweetly blooming, and the wild mountain time. And if you hear the old recordings, though, it's like, Oh, the summer time is coming, and the leaves are sweetly blooming, I remember this and song. the wild mountain time grows around the blooming heather willy he gold but we did a big band version oh the summer time is coming the leaves are sweetly blooming and there's a song Molly Marlane, mm-hmm. which is a stroll through Edinburgh okay I slept in the roses off the castle hill road through Ramsey's garden down Jolly's close across the steps of the west bow I watched a young pretend there's also the Waverley train sounds Toasting Robbie Burns oh, at the brilliant. White Hart Tavern, going through the grass market to see yes. the Junkyard Angels. Mm-hmm. Remember the Junkyard Angels band?
1: Yeah, I heard of them.
0: And it's got a great chorus. She keeps me straight with her curves in her Havanas. You might fill her shoes, but you won't fill her pajamas. I'm all wrapped up in molly, weepy, melancholy. I'm all wrapped up in molly, molly. It's a stroll through Edinburgh.
2: Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Assembly. Written by
0: John Wesley Chisholm.
1: You're about to launch your tuk-tuk pilot project next week. Mm-hmm. Yes. So watch out those who are in San Miguel for the tuk-tuks on the road. How is uh, it going to operate initially as a pilot
0: project? Oh we're training drivers and we'll stick with friends at boutique hotels. Uh, introducing something totally new mm-hmm. is never easy. Of course. Especially when it's such an obvious Thing. Yes. It's like, you know, these are non-polluting, they're tiny, they're designed in Italy in 1948. They're made for streets like this, mm. but for someone to say, well, you know, but we got these SUVs and these cars and I don't, it's like, it's a no-brainer, but you, you've got to do proof of concept and have it running through, are like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know. And
1: you've got the mayor on on board.
0: We'll oh. see. We'll see. We'll you need see.
1: to get him on a tuk-tuk, basically, or a tuk-tuk, as we say, to
0: Maybe,
1: show him. Yeah. Uh,
0: the advantage of uh, Exactly. You'll see yes. nothing but the upsides and the livable wages we're going to pay and all of our mm. things we want to do with the community. Yeah, with the art.
1: So yes, explain a little bit about the art if we, if we for mm. art for children. In, art in the for
0: area. children. Yeah. We're going to have a little a little place we want to put in the Ardeen with art supplies, crayons, paper, paints, and little stools and little tables set up where the little kids are playing the jardin, you've got the little kids that sell chicklets.
1: Chicklets, for those who don't know what chicklets
0: it's are. It's a little chewing gum, they come along and they, for a few coins, you sell your chicklets. Or a little wooden donkey or whatever. And then, but then you've got kids over here with their parents who are very wealthy. Yeah. So all the kids running around, but specifically for the little kids, that are running around they're with their parents who have a, a food stand or sell things. You, know, you have people walking around selling honey,
2: mm.
0: people walking around selling vanilla extract. So these little kids it will be in our program where they can run over and they've got free supplies and they can paint, they can create, and maybe sell those little paintings. Yeah, yeah. It's more adorable. Yes. And I don't care if only one out of 10,000 children that we expose us to ends up being a professional artist or an architect. You know, just that one little that one little thing.
2: It's such a great isn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah. That we could replicate and duplicate. It just yeah. becomes part of our program.
1: Yeah. Well, how about music? Have you thought of including music or singing mm-hmm. in the as that is your background? Well, now I
0: have. We pass out little instruments. Give them little bongos, little salt shakers. Yeah, I like it. Mm. I like the way you think. Out of the box. <laughs> Out of the box, sister.
1: So, for those um, those who haven't visited San Miguel, to visit, what piece of advice that you would you give them coming to, to San Miguel?
0: Well, prepare for an exit program. Because San Miguel, a joke here, when you meet somebody, how long have you been here? It's like, oh, three days. And you say, have you looked for a house?
1: Yes, I've had that already.
0: No joke. <laughs> About six or seven out of ten people will say we're looking tomorrow, Mm. or yes we have. It's a bubble. It is a bubble. It's like Hotel California. You can never leave. (laughs) San Miguel is the only place where you wake up in the morning with nothing to do, and by the time you go to bed you've only got half of it done. And my one that I created is San Miguel is the only place as an adult where you can make friends the way you made friends as a kid. Mm-hmm. We meet someone at the park, and you're like, "Mom, I'm I at my new friend's house. His mom wants to talk to you, and we're gonna we're gonna have to see if I can stay over for dinner. Maybe we're gonna have a, a sleepover." Right? And then twenty years later, you're at their wedding. Mm. San Miguel is like that. Yeah, because yeah. my friends here are like family. Yes. Yeah. Christmas with them. Very very nice it's,
1: and it's a real. Uh, it is a very. It is a big mix between. Um, Expats, if you can call expats people coming from around the world, and also um, Mexicans, and the the um, the connection and interaction between Mexicans and expats is quite unique. Yeah. Yeah. Because in in many parts it's not. You know, it's very much you. Could, it's like a enclave as well of expats. But I don't feel that is here. That
2: is. There's so a so very much here.
0: for a lot of the people living here. There's a very philanthropic. Mm-hmm. attitude
2: right
0: no, um, I don't I don't care what the there are some people and they're getting squeezed out who are here because they think everything should cost a dollar and they love the two-for-one tacos and the you know cheap 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 cheap. and they're like oh you know I only pay and they're boastful about it like I only pay them you know, that cost me three dollars but there are people here who have stepped up and they don't care like the 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 minimum wage in Mexico is 130 pesos a day, like five pounds mm-hmm. a day. Mm. And wow. I, I'm a well, working a musician, way. but you know I, I pay my my maid 80 pesos an hour, mm. which is pretty good. But there are people paid 10 dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. So the, the relativity of what, of how cheap something could be, it's like if I go to the market and someone's made something, I'm not going to haggle. No,
2: you can.
0: Yeah, because you're supporting. Uh, A craft and stuff. And also when you look at what you're getting, like for instance uh, a handmade leather belt is ten dollars. That handmade leather belt would be 30 or 40 pounds in England.
2: Exactly. At least. Yeah, yeah, at least.
0: So it just does... Especially
1: if it's handmade as well. Yes, and
0: supporting artisanal things. In Mexico, you've got people that make things by hand, do things by hand, and it's labor intensive. I mean, how often have you gone into a little place and got a freshly squeezed juice
2: mm.
0: for less than a pound? Yeah. yeah, But back home, it's like, oh, it's organic, you know? So this is, <laughs> slap the price a, up. Yeah, yeah, slap the prices up. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So cost of living here is a fraction of what it is elsewhere. San Miguel is more expensive than other places in Mexico, but it should be.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and the some... idea of
0: coming in, it's you engage in this beautiful community, and there's so much to do. Yeah.
1: And San Miguel is is it seems to be um, protected, if that's the right word to use, um, and uh, from outside um, negative forces, so I say, very <laughs> diplomatically around in, in, in Mexico, because there are problems in parts of Mexico when yeah. you hear about it. But here, the, 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 well, the mayor and the police and they're very they're very protected. That, that it stays a safe place for everybody. Yeah. And you, f- and you feel that, yeah? I mean, obviously, well, yes. like anywhere in the world, you're going to get crime.
0: You're talking about cartels.
2: Yeah.
0: And Mexi- crime, and yeah. just general. And it exists in with- Mexico. It's a multi billion dollar business. Let's not pretend it doesn't yeah. exist. I mean, you've watched Breaking Bad and Better Call Sal and Narcos. Narcos, yeah. Sure, it exists. Yeah. But for San Miguel specifically, this is a place where, yeah. to be blunt, a lot of the heads of these cartels because they are human beings. They have families and of course, yeah. they come here. Mm. A lot of them come here. And I think there's this sort of uh, they don't want like San Miguel sort of like a no fly zone and it's the crown of Mexico. So people on both sides don't really want this to turn into uh, yeah. a war zone.
2: No. no. Yeah,
0: because they were, Even the people on the bad side of things, they've got kids, they do like to have a vacation. So San Miguel, I know it's not fair to the other places in Mexico, but San Miguel is kind of a bubble.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've never had a problem. Ten years, with a bar, for seven. Yeah. Never had a problem. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm the worst thing in my neighborhood. I'm a bad boy. I'm like <laughs> a Peaky Blinder. <laughs> peaky fucking blinder, I mean, Michael. You're from, um,
1: uh, you, you live in the Guadalupe, Guadalupe area. Which is a beautiful part of San Miguel. <laughs> I'm going to go for a walk around there later. <laughs> to, the murals. To look at the murals,
0: yes. Greatest little restaurants and bars and shops. It's yeah, great.
1: So, favourite food in San Miguel?
0: You're going to think this is ridiculous. My sister, Jessica, Her favorite thing in the world is Mexican food, corona, and tequila. I moved to Mexico and realized I don't particularly like Mexican food. Ends up, I like Tex-Mex. So we (laughs) moved here. I moved here, and I'm talking to my my staff at the bar. I'm like, hey, let's go for chimichangas. And my guy's like, Johnny, chimichangas are Mexican, dude. That's Tex-Mex. Ends up, I like Tex-Mex. I've I've been here ten years. I've probably gone for street tacos like twenty times. Okay. I just I'm just uh, not in I lived in Greece. Loved mm-hmm. Greek food. Lived in Portugal, loved Portuguese food. And my favorite thing in Portugal to eat was Indian food. Because it goa.
1: Oh yeah. it was so a family in Portugal it's yeah. amazing. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. But uh yeah. Uh, I don't really have a favorite food. Okay. I eat keto. So it's usually just trying to Use cauliflower in some way to make a meal that tastes like it's not cauliflower.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It tastes like mashed potatoes. It's so exciting. So you're on
1: the you're on a keto diet basically. It's not or a lifestyle. Lifestyle, lifestyle. It's not lifestyle. It's not yeah. So it's, it's, a lifestyle. it's
0: like vegetarianism. It's yeah. you know if you, if you stick to keto, tea once in a while, whatever. But you know it's it's more like a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. it's Absolutely. just aversion to sugars and processed. Definitely. Yeah. You
1: know. And. When you do get a chance to leave Mexico, where Why in the world... Why would I do that? Yeah, where, where in the world would you go right. if you couldn't be in Mexico?
0: Well, I've been thinking about Italy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Possibly, you know, because I miss Europe a lot. I've always, you know, I watched uh, things like Master of None and, of course, Under the Tuscan Sun. I just really like Italy, maybe a little townhouse in Italy. Maybe i return to Portugal. I'm done with travelling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've been everywhere. You need routes, I, just,
1: I know. No, I'm just,
0: I'm cool with not travelling.
1: OK. I just,
0: you know, if I get to Europe, I'll use a train. If I go to Europe, I'll probably use a boat. I'm done.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I miss Portugal. I love Europe. So maybe someday do Mexico and Europe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I am good.
1: The world is your oyster. If you wish to um, explore, yeah, and, and if not, yeah, it's got such a, a wealth of art, literature, music. It's got everything really, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I've and got a Kindle. And you've got a Kindle. <laughs> that makes it all okay.
0: You don't understand. I spent years dragging books from a Barnes and Noble in a suitcase.
1: Yes, it is a life changer. And my it? books,
0: I drag them all over the world. And last Christmas I got a Kindle. And now I literally finish a book and hit download for another book and I'm reading a new book in seconds. I used to spend weeks waiting for Amazon to come, you know. I lived in Greece in 1990 and I was so starved for anything to read in English. A friend found a book at a hotel. This is true. I read Defeat Unto Victory by Field Marshal Sir William Slim.
1: That must have been a game changer An for addition,
0: An edition from like 1952 or 53. Yeah. It was a big dusty old book and I read that damn thing. He was the Field Marshal of Burma. Crikey. And he had his Gurkhas. Yep. And, of course, the Gurkha was such a fine soldier. And we showed them Japons. We showed them real good. Go on, man. Once more did the breach. We're going to take them down. So it's like, and when I was younger, I really, I loved the Sharp series by Bernard Cornwall. Richard Sharp. Sean Bean plays him in the, the series.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Napoleonic
0: Wars. You know, in the British hierarchy of of the military, mm-hmm. you used to buy your officership.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So they were gentlemen. And it was very rare when someone worked their way up through the ranks. Right. So Richard Sharp, the series, it was so good. Also Flashman, but Napoleonic era. Okay. It's really good. Okay. Really good series. As
1: I told you earlier, I haven't. I mean, I'm saving all this for when I'm retired. You know, I can sit and watch series and films and stuff. <laughs> Too busy exploring
2: the world myself. Yeah.
0: You'll call a friend someday and like, have you ever seen this series called Star Wars? <laughs> yes it's quite something it's very involved i'm
2: very
1: behind the times (laughs) i have seen some of the star wars i have to say (laughs) anyway so how would you how shall we wind wind this podcast episode up you've got a you've got a gig coming up on
0: well i'll be here may 20th friday night
1: here as in cafe lula
0: jesus 27 with my rock and roll band the band are called the commotions okay and it's a rock and roll dance party. And then Monday, May twenty third, I am playing with my jazz trio.
1: Okay, so, so you've got quite a lot. You nice. might
0: say musical schizophrenia, but I'm very comfortable. So, so what And He's great. going from scuba diving to mountain skiing. It's just an activity that I've done a long time. Got many able strings to, to your bow. I just need to put on some different clothes yes. for each one.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. I know the words to pretty much every Cole Porter, Gershwin, Sammy Kahn, Jerome Kern, the entire American songbook. If it was written before I was born, I probably know it. And then these newfangled bands. I do song by the Pretenders, Roxy Music, David Bowie. If I think about it, it's pretty much everything from the 20th century. I really gotta get more modern. I'd like to do the Arctic Monkeys, but I don't know if I could pull off fluorescent adolescent or the strokes. Gotta give it a go. Yeah, why not? Yeah.
1: Johnny, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. (laughs) Johnny, favourite. I think you're lovely. If anybody wants to.
0: You're lovely, you are. Look at you, my ducky.
1: If the listeners, anybody listening, would like to find out more about you, you're on Facebook as. Johnny, Johnny Favorite, favorite? with
0: you, with
1: you. But you can just Google
0: yeah. me, and you can probably find me for ninety-nine cents on Amazon,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or just ask Siri. I've heard the Siri and Alexa. Okay. Sometimes they, my friend, just to bug me, because I don't like listening to myself, will say, "Siri, play Johnny Favorite."
2: Okay.
0: And it, yeah, and they'll come And
1: the, the name of your your jazz um, your swing band
0: was. Well, we were a collective. It was the Johnny Favorite Swing Orchestra.
1: Okay so you will be able to find that. And if they wanted to buy your music, they can.
0: Yes, they can. I'll never see the money, but it'll go to some, someone good.
1: Okay, well, that's the main thing. All right, Johnny, thank you so much for spending this time with Cafe Lula, listening to the sounds of coffee grinding machines and ice crunching away. And
2: Here we
0: are, we're coming to, we're coming to you live from the Forward Operating Base as a special boat service. <laughs>
1: Exactly, and if anybody's visiting San Miguel in May, we are in May. Come and see Johnny' favorite in the various bars and cafes that he mentioned. Yes, come up, just
0: come up to me and say hello.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, so you uh, <laughs> find out about 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 Johnny' favorite through this podcast as well. That would be good to know. That, they've, that you've listened to, they've just come through through the podcast so to all you listeners i hope you have enjoyed um our chat it's been really inspiring and it's been great for me to learn a lot more about music and films that i need to watch and a whole lot more
0: we'll make you a list
1: thank you johnny <laughs> um if you enjoyed the podcast please share with your friends please subscribe and if you have a chance please give the podcast a rating and a review that helps my guests to reach a wider audience which is what it's all about but until then i hope you have a good rest of the week and there'll be another podcast next week but for now take care and thanks for listening
0: never mind i'll find someone like you i wish nothing but the best for you to sing it with me don't don't forget me i beg I remember. It's Adele.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Are you more of a Kate Bush kind of girl? Yes. So you want to hug me? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No.
1: As this episode was recorded at the beginning of May, and we are now at the end of May, the dates of his gigs have now passed. So do check Facebook, Johnny Favourite, for further gigs that he will be doing in San Miguel throughout the summer.